Section 12 of The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Romance of a Mummy and Egypt by Theophile Gautier. Translated by F. C. de Sumacrost. Section 12. Chapter 8. Tahoser, nevertheless, scarce bestowed a thought on Nofre, her favorite maid, or on the anxiety which her absence would necessarily cause. The beloved mistress had completely forgotten her beautiful home in Thebes, her servants, and her ornaments, a most difficult and incredible thing in a woman. The daughter of Petamunoph had not the least suspicion of the pharaoh's love for her. She had not observed the glance full of desire which had fallen upon her from the heights of that majesty which nothing on earth could move had she seen it she would have deposited the royal love as an offering with all the flowers of her soul at the feet of poeri while driving her spindle with her toe to make it ascend along the thread for this was the task which had been set her she followed with her glance every motion of the young hebrew her looks enveloped him like a caress she silently enjoyed the happiness of remaining near him in the building to which he had given her access if poeri had turned towards her he would no doubt have been struck by the moist brilliancy of her eyes the sudden blushes which flushed her fair cheeks the quick beating of her heart which might be guessed by the rising and falling of her bosom but seated at a table he bent over a leaf of papyrus on which with the help of a reed taking ink from a hollow slab of alabaster he inscribed accounts in demotic numbers did poeri perceive the evident love of tahoser for him or for some reason did he pretend not to perceive it his manner towards her was gentle and kindly but reserved as if he sought to prevent or repel some importunate confession which it would have given him pain to reply to and yet the sham aura was very beautiful her charms, betrayed by the poverty of her dress, were all the more beautiful, and just as in the hottest hours of the day a luminous vapor is seen quivering upon the gleaming earth, so did an atmosphere of love shimmer around her. On her half-open lips her passion fluttered like a bird that seeks to take its flight, and softly, very softly, when she was sure that she would not be heard, she repeated like a monotonous cantilena, Poeri, I love you it was harvest time and poeri went out to oversee the workmen tahoser who could no more leave him than the shadow can leave the body followed him timidly fearing lest he should tell her to remain in the house but the young man said to her in a voice marked by no accent of anger grief is lightened by the sight of the peaceful work of agriculture and if some painful remembrance of vanished prosperity weighs down your soul it will disappear at the sight of this joyous activity these things must be novel to you for your skin which the sun has never kissed your delicate feet your slender hands and the elegance with which you drape yourself in the piece of coarse stuff which serves you for a vestment prove to me that you have always inhabited cities and have lived in the midst of refinement and luxury come then and sit down while still turning your spindle under the shadow of that tree where the harvesters have hung up to keep it cool the skin which holds their drink tahoser obeyed and sat down under the tree her arms crossed on her knees and her knees up to her chin from the garden wall the plain stretched to the foot of the libyan chain 
like a golden sea over which the last breath of air drove waves of gold the light was so intense that the golden tone of the grain whitened in places and became silvery in the rich mud of the nile the grain had grown strong straight and high like javelins and never had a richer harvest flaming and crackling with heat been outspread in the sun the crop was abundant enough to fill up to the ceiling the range of vaulted granaries which rose near the cellars the workmen had already been a long while at work and here and there out of the waves of the corn showed their woolly or close-shaven heads covered with pieces of white stuff and their naked torsos the color of baked brick they bent and rose with a regular motion cutting the grain just below the ear as regularly as if they had followed a line marked out by a cord behind them in the furrows walked the gleaners with esparto bags in which they placed the harvested ears and which they then carried on their shoulders or suspended from a crossbar with the help of a companion to grinding mills situated some distance apart sometimes the breathless harvesters stopped to take breath and putting their sickles under their right arm drank a draught of water then they quickly resumed their work fearing the foreman's stick the harvested grain was spread on the threshing floor in layers evened with the pitchfork and slightly higher on the edges on account of the additional basketfuls which were being poured on then poeri signed to the ox-driver to bring on his animals they were superb oxen with long horns curved like the headdress of isis with high withers deep dewlaps clean muscular limbs the brand of the estate stamped with a red-hot iron showed upon their flanks they walked slowly bearing a horizontal yoke which bore equally upon the heads of the four they were driven on to the threshing floor urged by the double-lashed whip they began to trample in a circle making the grain spring from the ear under their cloven hoofs the sun shone on their lustrous coats and the dust which they raised ascended to their nostrils so that after going around about twenty times they would lean one against another and in spite of the hissing whip which lashed their flanks they would unmistakably slacken their pace to encourage them the driver who followed them holding by the tail the nearest animal began to sing in a joyous quick rhythm the old ox song turn for yourselves o oxen turn for yourselves measures for you and measures for your masters and the team with new spirit started on and disappeared in a cloud of yellow dust that sparkled like gold the work of the oxen done came servants who armed with wooden scoops threw the grain into the air and let it fall to separate it from the straw the awn and the shell the grain thus winnowed was put into bags the numbers of which were noted by a scribe and carried to the lofts which were reached by ladders tahoser under the shadow of her tree enjoyed this animated and grandiose spectacle and often her heedless hand forgot to spin the thread the day was waning and already the sun which had risen behind thebes had crossed the nile and was sinking toward the libyan chain behind which its disk sets every evening it was the hour when the cattle returned from the fields to the stable she watched near poeri the long pastoral procession first was seen advancing the vast herd of oxen some white others red some black and lighter spots others piebald others brindled they were of all colors and all sizes they passed by lifting up their lustrous mouths whence hung filaments of saliva 
opening their great gentle eyes the more impatient smelling the stables half raised themselves for a moment and peered above the horned multitude with which as they fell they were soon confounded the less skilful outstripped by their companions uttered long plaintive bellows as if to protest near the oxen walked the herds with their whip and their rolled-up cord on arriving near poeri they knelt down and with their elbows close to their sides touched the ground with their lips as a mark of respect scribes wrote down the number of heads of cattle upon tablets behind the oxen came the asses trotting along and kicking under the blows of the donkey drivers these had smooth shaven heads and were dressed in a mere linen girdle the end of which fell between their legs the donkeys went past shaking their long ears and trampling the ground with their little hard hoofs the donkey drivers performed the same genuflection as the ox herds and the scribes noted also the exact number of the animals then it was the turn of the goats they arrived headed by the he-goat their broken and shrill voices trembling with pleasure the goat-herds had much difficulty in restraining their high spirits and in bringing back to the main body the marauding ones which strayed away they were counted like the oxen and the asses and with the same ceremonial the goat-herds prostrated themselves at poeri's feet the procession was closed by the geese which weary with walking on the road balanced themselves on their webbed feet flapped their wings noisily stretched out their necks and uttered hoarse cries their number was taken and the tablets handed to the steward of the domain long after the oxen the asses the goats and the geese had gone in a column of dust which the wind could not sweep away still rose slowly into the heavens well ora said poeri to tahoser has the sight of the harvest and the flocks amused you these are our pastoral pleasures we have not here as in thebes harpists and dancers but agriculture is holy it is the nurse of man and he who sows a grain of corn does a deed agreeable to the gods now come and take your meal with your companions for my part i am going back to the house to calculate how many bushels of wheat the ears have produced tahoser put one hand to the ground and the other on her head as a mark of respectful assent and withdrew in the dining-hall laughed and chattered a number of young servants as they ate their onions and cakes of dora and dates a small earthenware vase full of oil in which dipped a wick gave them light for night had fallen and cast a yellow light upon their brown cheeks and bodies which no garment veiled some were seated on ordinary wooden seats others leaned against the wall with one leg drawn up where does the master go like that every evening said a little sly-looking maid as she peeled a pomegranate with pretty monkey-like gestures the master goes where he pleases replied a tall slave who was chewing the petals of a flower is he to tell you what he does it is not you in any case who will keep him here why not i as well as another answered the child piqued the tall slave shrugged her shoulders ora herself who is fairer and more beautiful than any of us could not manage it though he bears an egyptian name and is in the service of the pharaoh he belongs to the barbarous race of israel and if he goes out at night it is no doubt to be present at the sacrifices of children which the hebrews perform in desert places where the owl hoots the hyena howls and the adder hisses tahoser quietly left the room without a word 
and concealed herself in the garden behind the mimosa bushes after waiting two hours she saw poeri issue forth into the country light and silent as a shadow she started to follow him End of chapter eight recording by dion gines salt lake city utah